Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guests today are Megan Saul, VP of Research and Marketing at InfoSec, a security education provider, and Chris Senko, Senior Content Manager at InfoSec and host of the Cyber Work with InfoSec podcast. Megan, Chris, it's great to have you both on the show. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. All right. So, Megan, let's start with you. Now, you guys publish a lot of content. And when we spoke a few weeks back, you said that your mantra in terms of what you're saying in the content is don't talk about yourself. So explain that. Why don't why don't why not talk about yourself? <laughs> because it's not always about you, Jeremy. So that's one of the things that that we really mm. we really do try to focus on here at InfoSec is that no one wants to hear us ramble on and on and on about how wonderful we think we are because, well, of course, we would think that we're pretty great, right? We, we work here and, and sell our products and solutions. So that, that approach is, isn't authentic. It doesn't resonate. No one wants to hear these things like vendor explain to them, right, about what they should care about or worse, you know, telling them how to do something that, that they do every day for a living and professionally. So what we try to focus on instead is how we can add value, you know, to their daily life, whether that be professionally, you know, personally, so whether it's on the job or, you know, just helping them, them advance themselves throughout their career. And that's where a lot of the work that Chris does come in with the, the Cyber Work podcast. The people we work with mm-hmm. are, are super smart, right? They don't need us to, to tell them how to do their jobs, but they have questions that, that we have questions about. And so what the podcast allows us to do as well as, you know, a lot of our blogs and research activities are sort of explore what those answers should be together and and kind of crowdsource some ideas around, you know, what's sort of the way that someone can advance throughout their career, how they can mitigate risk um, through their own organization, through investments into education. There's a, there's a lot of ways that we can solve these problems. But when we all kind of get in a room and, and talk about it, that's where we start to see the really good content marketing efforts come through. So if you're not answering a hard question, why would someone, you know, listen to your podcast or read your blog posts? And that's where we, we try to focus efforts on. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, Chris, so you're the, you're the podcast host, you're the, the, the senior content manager. So let's talk about the podcast a little bit. What does the podcast add to your guys' marketing strategy? Like how, what's, what's your strategy for the podcast? How do you use it? to do what Megan was just describing. So yeah, the, the podcast is, has evolved quite a bit. We started in mid-2018, I believe, with the originally just called the InfoSec video series. And then we became CyberSpeak, and then we became CyberWork. And this was, these these name changes weren't, you know, just symbolic or, or SEO-based. Like we, it, it came as a result of, of sort of feedback in terms of what people wanted from the program, as well as what we wanted the program to achieve. So I think the podcast adds a very direct form of not only engagement with our our customers and the people that we're talking to, but it it translates, especially on a beginner level, it translates the sometimes abstract notion of cybersecurity training for a career that might be a long way into your future. And it sort of takes you where you will eventually be able to go with this training. So uh, I have this story and people uh, who work here have heard it all the time, but it's one of my favorite stories while doing the podcast. There's a man named Ben Garrett. He is an InfoSec scholarship winner back in 2019. He's a member of the Cherokee Nation. He was in his 50s. 
and he came to cybersecurity after working in sales and also working running heavy equipment for an overseas oil company. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about on the podcast all the time is it's never too late to make a change. You're never too old to jump into a, a new direction. And so when he was looking for a change, uh, Ben discovered a computer science class, you know, later in life. And when he was telling us about his cybersecurity journey, he said, I spent a lot of time on InfoSec's website reading everything I could find. And I listened to the Cyberwork podcast over and over. He listened to every podcast and every webinar we posted because a lot of my episodes have titles like, what's it like to be a security engineer? What's it like to be a penetration tester? What's it like to, you know, move from security engineer to security manager? And, you know, we, I love to talk to people, you know, in CEO positions. I like to talk to the C-suite. I like to talk, I, I had a guest who was a serial startup, you know, expert. He, he started up five companies and then would move on down the road. But at the same time, I like talking to people who are at the beginning of their security journey and because they can really explain what, what are you doing all day as a security analyst? You're reading log files, you're doing, you know, just the most basic level of cybersecurity. And, you know, a person I talked to who was a cybersecurity manager said to go from security, you know, analyst, to security engineer, you need to automate yourself out of your own job. And I thought that was such a great insight. You have to create systems that allow you to work on a higher level. And I think those are the type of insights that the, that the program, you know, the podcast provides, you know, you, you go beyond this abstract notion of, training for your certification and learning skills for a specific project. And you get to see this kind of map of what the cybersecurity landscape looks like at all these different points along the line. And when you get someone like Ben, who outright says, I listened to lots and lots of episodes of the podcast, and I sort of was able to find myself in this world, then that's very gratifying to me. Yeah, understandably so. I mean, that's really cool that you're adding a lot of value, helping to educate people. So clearly for people who are interested in the industry, who are already in the industry and want to keep learning and so on, uh, there's a lot of value there. What's in it, Megan? What's in it for you guys? What do you get out of the podcast? It's There's a lot of overlap with what, what Chris just said. And what it comes back to is, you know, what are the things that my team does before we build out messaging and positioning, right? We talk to our buyers and we ask them, you know, what what's sort of driving your investment decisions? What keeps you up at night? What problems are you trying to solve? And, you know, of course, this is all through the lens of cybersecurity training and professional development. One of the things we hear over and over and over again is that while Everyone we talk to understands that technology changes super fast, the threatscape evolves constantly, so they know they need to, to train and invest in themselves, but where they get really lost along the way is like, where the heck to start, right? So everyone's like, I know I need to do this, but there's so much I could learn. Industry standards, like the NICE uh, Workforce Framework for Cybersecurity defines like 52 standard you know, cybersecurity job roles. And in marketing, when someone says, oh, I'm a marketing director or I'm a social media manager, you kind of know, you know, what what that job entails. Cybersecurity professionals do not benefit from the same sort of standardization and sort of common taxonomy when it comes to like what someone is called professionally and then what they're actually responsible for doing day to day. So by offering things like the CyberWork podcast, it allows us to use our platform to really broadcast out a lot of really useful, valuable content that helps people navigate what that career journey might look like. And of course, Jeremy, like we could help them with that with training, right? So that's where the natural sort of, you know, crossover is. And that's where we're so aligned to, to content like this, because when you become that person's partner, you know, in that professional development journey, who will they come to or 
at least consider, right, for help with that when they're when they're ready to commit. You know, we're hoping it's us, but even if it's not, um, the cybersecurity skills gap is this massive issue, right? That's creating a real security vulnerability for nearly everyone we do business with. If we just help someone get closer to being able to do their jobs better, right, or or help someone else get into the field, you know, we kind of all win. So that's sort of our perspective on it. Of course, like you know, we're trying to build a bigger broadcast, give really great content on, on, you know, platforms like LinkedIn, where things can, you know, spread beyond our normal circles. But bottom line, when the content's tightly aligned to the problems that your product can solve for people, it gives us a really good avenue to, to get the word out and help people while, of course, helping ourselves. So. Yeah, right. I wanted, can, I, can I jump in real quickly and, yeah, yeah, and add to that a little bit? So one of the new things that we've started with CyberWork, you know, the, the actual episodes are these pre-recorded, you know, one-on-one conversations with another, with a guest on a, on a certain prescribed topic. But we've also started doing CyberWork Live, which is more of a webinar style event where people can ask questions you know, in, in person, you know, or as they're listening or, you know, in advance and, you know, our very first episode, getting started in cybersecurity for complete novices. And one of the things that I I kept seeing in the questions and the questions kept coming in for months after the episode was done, but sort of speaking to what, what Megan was talking about in terms of not knowing where to start, I think there's also this stigma of thinking that if I go down the wrong career path and I find out partway that I don't like it, that's it. I'm stuck in that job for the rest of my life. You know, so many questions were things like, do you think I should become, you know, a master of Windows 10 vulnerabilities? Or is that not useful? Should I learn, you know, everything there is to know about Kubernetes? Or is that not valuable? And our guests say it over and over again, there's, you know, no learning is, is, is useless. You know, um, maybe if maybe, you know, the worst case scenario is that you spend six months learning the ins and outs of Windows 10, and you're not using it in your current job. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not an incredibly useful thing to know. A lot of the upper level, you know, the C-suite people, but also like upper level penetration testers and others say, learn everything you could possibly learn about computers. There's no, there's, there's no bad learning. And uh, I, it, I think it's just interesting that there's so many uh, people out there who are asking, what if I take the wrong turn? And, you know, we just want to tell them there is no wrong turn. If you don't like what you're doing, pivot, try it again, go in a different direction. Cybersecurity people love to tell you about their strategies and how they navigated from this this point in their life to this point in their life. Go on LinkedIn, talk to any of my past guests connect with them. They want to talk to you. They want to, they want to talk you through this stuff. And so I, you know, I think that's a, a very important part of the, the podcast and what we provide and, and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to- totally see that. And, you know, one overarching thing that I think I'm hearing from both of you is that the podcast helps you guys facilitate conversations with people in the industry Absolutely. who can ask important questions, provide important answers, insights, and you get this sort of ongoing conversation that is really valuable and in a kind of indirect way is very valuable for you guys as a marketing tool because kind of a rising tide lifts all boats, including your Absolutely. Boat. In, in a world where like everyone has ad blocker installed and everyone wants commercial free subscriptions, you know, to content providers, like so much of B2B selling especially has shifted towards that relationship based selling approach. Right. And, you know, if you want these people's attention, you, you kind of have to earn it. And this is our way of, of, of showing yeah. up, you know, giving back in hopes of, you know, eventually, right. If, if, if things go to plan, you know, earn 
earning that person's business or maybe they're people in their, you know, networks business later on. And we're, you know, we're starting to see that. Chris, how many years has the, the podcast been running now? What year are you in? Third, third year. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just released yeah, our 200. We're starting episode. to see some of those oh, nice. initial guests that Chris had on, you know, circle back to us for certification training mm-hmm. or team training. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's working, you know, and it's, it's a slow build. It's, it's definitely a long play, but it's one that once you sort of reach that critical mass, we're really starting to see the benefits It comes up in conversations with leads on and sales calls all the time. It also just helps our sales team understand how to how to speak to this particular persona better and and understand the value of what we're offering, which really goes towards solving all of those problems that that Chris and I mentioned earlier around, you know, career path questions and, and advancement questions. Well, that is just, it's, it's so fantastic. I mean, I just, I love what you guys are doing with podcasting. You know, I'm in a big evangelist for it. And because it seems to me like, you know, podcasting in the corporate world is maybe where blogging was like 25 years ago yeah, when it was kind of new. Absolutely. And it was like, why do we need a blog? Like, isn't that something that weirdos do in their basement, you know, but, and now of mm-hmm. course, however many years later, everybody has a blog at least, right? It's weird if you don't. I think podcasting is kind of there. It's like, oh, podcasting? Like, what What would we say on a podcast? And your guys' example is just perfect. It's like, stick with it, do it the right way. And it can be a very powerful way of building those connections that will come back and pay off if if you stick with it long enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, and it, so, it's, it's been yeah, the result of, of, I'm sorry, it's, I was just going to say that it's, as I said before, it's it's been the result of the, the success of it has been the result of constant fine tuning, and I, I think we'll we'll probably get there over time. But you know, I, I, I we'll, we'll talk more about that in a moment. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off there. No, no, no. It's a great point. I mean, I think it's it's like any initiative, and I think especially like any kind of content marketing you're doing. It's not like you write one blog post and post it, and then just wait for the business to pour in. You know. You improve right. it over time. You keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Same with a podcast. Improve it. Fine tune it to the needs of your audience, as you guys have been saying. And that's something we talk a lot about in this podcast. And over time, the more you're able to fine tune that, just the better engagement you get. And you know, it starts to pay off in the ways that it clearly is for you guys. So I think you're spot on, Chris. Thank you. So one final question, what would be your guys' advice for a company or a marketing team that's considering podcasting, but they're not really sure how to get started? What's probably the best first step if you're just starting out? Chris, let's start with you. Well, I, I just want to start out by saying that the financial barrier to entry is, is nearly nothing for podcasts. You can learn as you go. You can update your equipment. On the fly, you can, as I, as I was saying before, you can pivot to a new focus almost from week to week based on the feedback you get from listeners. But if you're not at least trying to do a podcast in a time when, by all metrics, podcast listening is growing by leaps and bounds every month, I mean, you're absolutely leaving money on the table. There's just no way around it. So what we found with, with CyberWork is that people don't just leave this on in the background. Like they are listening and they are engaging with the content to give 
a practical example, the first time we tried including a promo code to try our InfoSec skills platform for a month, and we had a, a podcast-specific one, enter code cyberwork in here to get a, a month of free skills. You know, we gave ourselves a, a very nice, low, hopeful goal of getting maybe three to five listeners to use the podcast-specific promo code, and I think we got almost 100. Mm. I mean, it was an absolutely unbelievable metric compared to how many people were listening you know, because we were able to tell how many people were listening each week. And then the percentage of those people who actually were listening close enough to say, I want to try this thing out mm. was enormous, you know, and conversely, your your podcast, especially at the outset, when you're when you're learning and developing your style, you know, I think it still should be part of your larger marketing strategy. Like we didn't put all our eggs in one basket and say, we're doing all podcasts now. This is, you know, as Megan said before, this is a long haul. You know, we I've personally recorded 160 episodes. We released 200 total, you know, and this big gro growth happened um, gradually and yeah, and in, in in sort of quiet, I would say. If you listen to episodes one through about mm, 40, 50, the sound quality is terrible. <laughs> the video quality is terrible. I was recording in a closet, literally. And, you know, but at the same time, we had breakthrough episodes back then. We, you know, I think our fourth episode was with Amber Schroeder of Paraben. And she talked about getting started in, you know, digital forensics. And I think we got something like 25,000 listens. And when you listen to it, like my audio sounds atrocious, <laughs> absolutely atrocious. But, you know, that, that's the thing. It'll, you know, you're going to get these little breakthroughs. You're going to, you're going to learn how to use your mic correctly and put it on a boom like I'm doing right now. And all, all these little things, it doesn't have to be perfect. I, th I think there's a, an analog between podcasting and people who want to say start a band <laughs> or something They're like, well, I'll start it once I have the, you know, as soon as I have that, I can get that Gibson guitar for $7,000 or whatever, then I'll, okay. then I'll start the thing. You can, like I said, the financial barrier to entry is so low. A Yeti costs a hundred dollars. You can put it on a little stand for no money. You get, you know, you can use the, you know, your your webcam in your laptop. Just make sure you're connected to an Ethernet connection. You're good to go. You've got what you need. You know, Blueberry costs a couple dollars a month to to do hosting. You know, all these things will will come over time. You know, you're going to get these little spikes of interest, and then they'll dip back, and then they'll spike again. You know, you can do surveys, you can ask your listeners what they want from your podcast, you can make modifications as you see fit. But as, as, as Megan said, this is a marathon and not a sprint, you know, you're going to see the value grow over time. And, and you're, you know, all you need is someone to do the work, people who want to talk with you. And, you know, I think you really need to know what your focus is. Like I said, whether that happens 100 episodes in or five episodes in, uh, once we changed it to cyber work from cyber speak or from the infosec podcast series, we knew what we were doing. You know, I'm, I'm not a cybersecurity expert myself. So I take a very Larry King approach to the, to the, to the interviewing. I don't know anything about this subject. Tell me from the very beginning, you know, we can, we can get into high level topics because I've been doing this quite a few times and I can ask the right questions from someone who wants to tell me about DNS security or something like that. But ultimately I'm also know, I know that a lot of our listeners are hearing about the concept of, you know, risk management or threat modeling for the first time. So let's start at the beginning. I have nothing to prove. I, you know, I, I don't need to show the, the, the guest how cool I am. Like let's, you know, but that might be completely different for your podcast. If you want it to be an expert level thing, get your experts in your company to do the talking, but you know, try it, try everything, try. And then as I said, with the, the careers, if it doesn't work, pivot and try something else.
Excellent. Megan, your thoughts? I would reaffirm everything that, that Chris just said and add that if you're doing this internally and for the first time and, and maybe you're up against some skepticism or doubt from other you know marketing team members or, or leadership, just be careful you know to set those expectations that this is that long game, right, that, that Chris was mentioning. And yes. if you give up too soon, you you're going to waste a lot of time and resources and not reap any of the benefits. So, so set that expectation up front and then make sure that you're aligning your strategy to your tactics, right? So, you know, everything Chris said about it's not just a podcast that happens in isolation of everything else that's going on with your marketing strategy. You know, use your podcast clips in your social media efforts, use it in your newsletter, um, use it on your website, you know, write articles about your podcast episodes as blog posts and link off to the articles. There's all kinds of ways that you can use this podcast content to to work smarter, right? And not harder. And that was a kind of a hard lesson that, that we learned. Chris was over doing all of this awesome content on cyber work. And then we didn't really like stop doing other content generation activities. So everyone felt like they're on the hamster wheel, right? But it, then we had kind of paused and we're like, hmm, why couldn't these be also a blog post? And why can't we also make six clips from this episode yes. and, and drip it out on social media over yeah. time? So I would, you know, just say, start with, you don't have to try to like over-engineer every, every possible outcome of what might happen after you launch a podcast, but definitely get some alignment internally before you dive in. And then the last thing I would say is if you haven't read the book Hitmakers, uh, definitely recommend it. That book is all about how nothing goes viral. It's all about, you know, getting your message out to a bigger broadcast. And I mentioned that because um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a podcast, but you don't know who would join your podcast, you know, ask everybody, you're going to be so shocked who will be willing to give you a half hour, an hour of your time. And when you yes. get those big names, yep. those people with big followings on your podcast, that allows you to tap into their networks and build that bigger broadcast that you're going to need to get to, to get traction mm -hmm. with your podcast. People want to help people. And if your podcast is all about helping people answer, you know, really hard questions, you're, you're, you're going to be just fine. So I would say, you know, don't get in your own way, make sure you have a plan, but also don't over-engineer it, you know, figure some things out along the way as well so. okay well you yeah you guys are so spot on it, it's awesome so well congrats on hitting that 200 episode milestone yeah. that is great thank you and thank you guys so much for you know sharing all these insights today on the podcast really appreciate it thanks for having us oh our pleasure thank you again we really enjoyed it jeremy thank you that's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.